from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey Personalities, my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Marley starts off this hour in Minneapolis. Hi, Marley. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Good. How can we help? Uh, I am calling to get some advice on how we stop doing too many baby steps at once um, while in the middle of building a house. Okay. How many are you doing? Um, well, we are attempting to pay off debt, have a savings fund, um, and then also have over 20% of equity in our house, which we've already gotten that one. Um, now we're realizing we're just, we're starting in the middle of doing the baby steps and we need to take a step back. So, so the house is under construction. Correct. And you're under contract for it. Okay. Yep. So, we are uh, we're building it ourselves, which okay. is how we've gotten um, our equity with it. Uh-huh. Okay. So that decision's done. Yep. Can't really undo it. Yep. Okay. So let's just set that aside. And you've got 20% equity because of the sweat equity, or you've got the actual cash? Um, a mix of both. We've paid um, quite a bit out of pocket already, um, then plus the sweat equity. So we will have well over 20%. Okay. What do you need to finish the house in cash? To finish the house in cash? Mm -hmm. What cash do you need to finish this project that you've started? Um, We would need $400,000. So that's what our mortgage will end up being when we are done. No, no, no. If I'm under- I, that, that's, your mortgage is not cash. Your mortgage is borrowed money. I'm talking about how much money do you need in the bank to finish oh, this project? I see. I see. Um, we, well, we're having a lot of cash flow coming in and out, but we're taking draws both forehand. So really, that's all being done with the bank paying for the um, expenses as they're coming. So you have um, a construction loan. Correct, yep. Okay. In addition to the construction loan, do you have any cash needs? Um, no. For the house? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you took no cash out of your budget, you can finish the house with the construction loan and get your permanent mortgage, correct? Correct. Okay, that's what I was trying to get at. So then, okay. that project now, we can kind of seal the wall on that, no no pun intended, and push that to the side. That's taken care of. Now, let's go work the baby steps. Okay. So what is your income? 120 gross. All right. And how much debt do you have? Not counting the house. Yep, 62. All right. What kind of debt is the 62 made up of? Uh, 50000 in vehicles and 12000 in college. What are the vehicles? Um, we have two of them. Um, one is majority of it, um, and that is a Chevy Tahoe and then a Honda Civic. Now, what do you owe on the Tahoe? 40000 mm-hmm. Okay. If I woke up in your shoes, I'd sell the Tahoe. I'd amputate the Tahoe. Okay. 
You call me because you're stressed out, freaked out, and you got money going out 14 different directions and you can't breathe. Yeah. And you're driving a freaking $40,000 truck while you're trying to build a house in the middle of it. Yep. I would want my life back more than I wanted the Tahoe. Okay. If I were you. You're pretty easy on this. Is it? It's your car, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it is ours. It's just convincing my husband to do that has been the... Um, What's his problem? He loves the stress? Uh, <laughs> it's more of the stuck on we're going to be in the hole if we get rid of it. And well, You're already in uh, the hole. When you get rid of it, you just admit it. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks paying it off and then having it for until it runs into the ground is that would have been a good idea if you did that before you built a house that that would have helped yes (laughs) because right now you guys have nothing in savings because you need it all um yeah well nothing that we could throw at any of the debt right now other than we have extra cash flow each month and so we've been throwing that at our house why now it's like i thought the construction almost covering the house yeah we've just been trying to pay as much cash as possible and now, after meanwhile, you're driving a forty thousand dollar Tahoe. Doing that and that too. Yeah, yeah. this is bass backwards, kiddo. You guys got to clean okay. this debt up, and you got to you, you've got the dadgum uh, cash set up to do the construct with the construction loan to finish the house. Just finish the house with the debt. You've already committed to that. That's a hole you've dug. You're set for that. That's a done deal. And it's not completely yeah. out of control. It's just out of order. And so it's not yeah. the end of the world. Uh, and then I would look up and say, if I can't get these cars and this $60,000 paid off in less than a year, I'm dumping this Tahoe and I'm probably just dumping it. It just doesn't fit Mm -hmm. in this equation because here's the thing. Your husband does not feel the risk that you all are carrying and you feel it. Yep. Yep. It's really bothering you. And he's walking along, whistling through the woods and a bear is getting ready to kill him. And you know there's bears, and for some reason he's unaware there's a bear. You follow me? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you need to grab him by his face with your two hands, put the kids to bed, turn off the television, put the screens down, and look in him in the eyes and say, I am so scared I can't breathe. You're killing me. Okay. Because that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, he 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 is. honestly he honestly listen. I know, you know how I know this guy. I'm him. I did this exact same crap to my wife in my twenties because I don't have a risk meter. I just go do crap, and if it's wrong, I'll go do something else. And that's him, okay. And he's just he's yeah. whistling along in the middle of that gum bear country here, and he's attracting grizzlies and doesn't even know what they look like. And his wife is actually smart, and she's going, "This is scary." And my wife was doing the exact same thing. I about, I about ran her in the ditch, man. I about killed her. So I'm telling you, I'm, I'm begging him as the old guy who made the same mistakes he did to listen to his wife, who can find a virtuous wife. Her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. Wow. Listen to your wife, men. Timeless wisdom. If she's virtuous, listen to her. If she's a princess, that's different. But if she's virtuous, you need to listen to her. She's probably smarter than you are. Mm. And in this case, that's true. The case of Dave and the case of Marley's husband. Yeah. No question. This isn't, hey, Dave Ramsey said we have to sell the Tahoe. This is, I'm so scared we have to do something drastic to get to safety. Because you running around chasing your tail is not making me happy.
making me unhappy, stressed, anxiety. Dr. John Deloney could do a clinic on this. Wow. This is The Ramsey Show. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone and they even have low cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions at 888-825-5225. Jonathan in Idaho gives us our question of the day. All right. Sorry, Dave. I was slow on the draw. Here it is. Uh, I was wondering if you have an opinion on the proposed Fair Tax Act that would eliminate federal taxes, impose a national sales tax on new goods purchased, and eliminate the IRS as we know it. (laughs) That's the perfect question for the two of us. I don't know two people that hate taxes more than me and Dave Ramsey. Um, well, I, I've always been a fan of this. In fact, I lived for years in Atlanta, and Neil Bortz, who was a well-known local talk radio guy, you probably friends with Neil. I know Neil well. Uh, he was a big proponent of this and, and, and wrote Went a book on it. Went on a show it. several times yeah. back in the day talking about this. Yeah, and I, he had a book, like best-selling book on it. Best-selling book on this very issue, and uh, I'm not going to endorse the book, nor am I going to endorse the policy, but I like the direction that it's heading, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, I, I think a sales tax... Uh, it, it forces the consumer to kind of deal with it, and, and it's not the federal government mandating what is taken from my income. Um, I, I like the flat tax idea, which is really the the guts of what Neil Bortz was was kind of proposing, and that's everybody pays the same tax rate. There's this cultural divide now that the media uh, and, and a lot of people on the left have created this fairness doctrine that the person who makes more should have to pay a higher percentage. And it's become this virtuous idea. And in all reality, if you look at the actual data, now folks, some of you are going to get offended right now and that's okay, but here's what I want you to do. While you're getting offended, I want you to actually go on this thing called Google and I want you to do your own research. Be brave enough to research what I'm saying, because here's what you'll find. Most people in America in fact, it's right below 50%, I no, believe. It's, it's now 51%. 51%. Dave, corrects me. Don't pay any federal, federal income, income tax. tax. And yet we're going and after... Wait a minute. And let's go a step further. Yeah, sure. And a large number of that group not only don't pay, right. they receive... That's correct. ...the unearned income tax credit. That's right. Meaning they get money back from the government. It's only it's not back from the government because they never gave it to them in the first place. You it's an entitlement. It's a are given that's right their, their lives are subsidized and and you're not you're not evil if that's you okay yeah. we're not mad at you about that that's the system that's in place but 51 percent of americans pay absolutely nothing yeah 
So this idea in the federal income tax program right. that that's not that's not fair. That's right. So then they say not only that's happening, but now they want to have people who are wealthy who help create jobs. By the way, it would help create enough tax income. For all of the entitlements that those 51% get, you want to put more burden on those folks. So I love the flat tax that is kind of... Well, this uh, is, the fair tax is a sales tax. It's exactly. not the flat tax. I know. But I, I love the actual flat tax on an income tax because I think that that is truly equitable and everybody now is paying the same amount. And so, you know, well, there, I'm a the, fan of The that. actual fair tax act is not up for vote it's that not so Jonathan, i don't know the way i don't know where you got this that it's actually happening yeah, it's not it's not even close to happening it's a it's a uh you know a discussion to try to get people jacked up and yeah. it's been going on for 20 plus years that book is worth reading because the biggest gripe that people have mathematically and it's a fair argument um it is that under a fair tax, a uh, an ad valorem tax, a sale, national sales tax, and no income tax at all, then you would have to, you would need to, it, for it to be correct, uh, for it to be equitable, not fair, mm-hmm. for it to be equitable. And Bortz's proposal, the actual fair tax people are proposing this, you would have exemptions on things like food. Yep. Because if you make $30,000 a year and you pay in or you pay sales tax on everything you buy, you end up paying a larger percentage of your income in taxes than say I would. Mm-hmm. And that's not equitable. Correct. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't want a single mom making 20,000 to have, uh, you know, have a, a higher tax rate than I do. Yeah. That's not right. And so you have to have some exemptions in there on income and on types of purchases to make the thing start to have some more equity to it. But the beauty of it is you consume, you choose. That's correct. Now, in the state of Tennessee, this is actually what we have. We have a moderately to high sales tax, nine That's and three quarter percent, about 10%, okay, is our sales tax in the state of Tennessee. And uh, we have zero income tax. And our economy is booming. Yes. Yeehaw. Because because people come here like crazy mm-hmm. that are producing things like jobs and businesses. And they come here, they're, they're moving in here. Same thing with Texas, same thing with Florida. The, the states that don't have an income tax have prospered inordinately. Art Laffer has written a lot about this. That's right. And uh, so it's a very interesting discussion. Now, you can get all pissed off and lefty or righty about it one way or the other if you want. But that's, you know, the, you probably ought to just listen to one of those political shows to do all that stuff. That, that That's not political. This is math. Right. Okay. Uh, it is not equitable, not fair for people to pay absolutely zero. That's correct. Whether they're rich or whether they're poor. And 51% of Americans pay zero income tax at the federal level. Zero. None. That's a half of you. And it kind of describes why the voting falls where it does. It actually, the voting falls about that way, okay, on national elections. And so, you know, and, it, and it, you're right. It has been trumped up by the, that's bad, bad phrasing, but bad phrasing. Yes, but right. It's been, it's been pushed by the, uh, the media because they can sell hate. That's correct. And, you know, make the poor people hate the rich people, the rich people hate the poor people. Yep. All this kind of stuff, this class division mm-hmm thing and it, you know if we can create division to keep people angry they'll keep watching our news channel and that's not a good plan so uh 
I, I mean, I've spent a lot of time I, back at 20 years ago. I, I was on board to show several times. Where we discussed this. It was a very interesting discussion. Yeah. It's, it's well thought good, out. It's a good intellectual yep. exercise, but Jonathan, here's the truth. It's not going to happen. <laughs> that's, that's the other side of it. Okay. Yep. You're, you're not going to get right. a fair tax, a national sales tax to do away with the IRS. Your, your lips to God's ears that the IRS went away, but, <laughs> uh, but they're not going, it, it's, there's too much going on here. I mean, here's the thing you put the income tax business out of business i mean you're talking about h&r block turbo oh. tax are gone gone oh yeah just poof well all the entitlements nothing to do all those government the, agencies are, you think they're going to be for this no no yeah yeah the entire establishment will never allow this to happen the people could make it happen but outside of that that's a whole yeah, different you'd have show to just fire everybody's it's a whole butt different that's up show. there which yeah. really would be a great idea yeah but um, yeah, <laughs> it would be. But you know, it's interesting. You know, because when you start looking at this, you got to understand too that you, we hear inflation in the news every day. Let's talk about one of the most hot bed issues, uh, hot button issues in America right now is inflation. But here's the deal: if 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 the people of America in mass, let's say they got a hold of what we teach here on the Ramsey Show, and they all started budgeting and they went to the envelope system, they used those wallets and they did everything the way we teach. And they said, you know what? We're going to severely cut back on all of our excess spending. Okay. Four walls. That's it. Watch how prices would come down, Dave, because these could yeah. the target and Walmart. If, Rams, if, all Ramsey, go, met the if Ramsey met the minimalists in the, minimalists, I can't even yeah. say minimalists yeah. in the, in the marketplace yeah. and all of America adopted for you know, 90 days, Dave, I think 90, oh, 90 days, days is all it'd it be take. like It'd be like putting people on strike. Yeah. And then watch, it, it watch would, prices come down. It would shut the freaking place down. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'd get some uh, bozo's attention. Yeah. I got to tell you. I mean, Bezos' attention. <laughs> it would put yeah. some dent in the inflation. Yeah, because But we spend like drunken sailors as Americans. Credit cards no, at an all-time high. Sailors get a bad reputation. Drunken congressmen. That's a fair point. They spend a lot more. That's true. Sorry, don't be, mess, don't be messing with our sailors. Both They're my grandfathers people. were in the Navy. I should That's stipulate. Right. It uh, is a great old saying, and it I is. it it was more <laughs> more stereotypically true in the old days. But yeah, there we go. Oh, so Jonathan, sorry. It's a good thing to give us a little soapbox on here, but appreciate you asking the question. Not going to happen. Um, wouldn't make any of us mad if something like this or something it, moved yes. this direction where everybody everybody ought to put something in the. You know, everybody ought to put something in the pot. You ought ought to pay your military. That's right. You ought to pay for your interstate you're driving on. Everybody ought to put something in. This is the Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, is my co-host today. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Our new sponsor for our question of the day. We are so proud to have Neighborly, your hub for home services, sponsoring our question of the day. The question is brought to you by Neighborly. When something in your home breaks, Neighborly is the name to remember. And with a Neighborly done right promise, you'll get great service from their network of local home service providers. People like Mr. Reuter, Mr. Electric, Molly Maid. These are names you've heard of. They're all part of the Neighborly Hub. So be sure and check them out at Neighborly.com today. All right. Today's question comes from Daniel in the Ramsey Baby Steps community. Daniel writes, I have a problem. I'm hoping you can help. My wife is not on board with doing the baby steps. In her head, it's basically your debt, not mine. 
I've tried talking to her, but she always ends up getting mad and not wanting to talk about budgeting or financial goals. At times, it feels best if we parted ways and I am alone on this journey. Yikes, man. You already are. Yeah, exactly. Um, You're alone and you're dragging somebody along with you. Uh, Dave, anytime this conversation needs to be happened way ahead of way way before budgeting or financial goals this is not a baby steps or financial no this is a broken marriage yeah exactly this is um somebody who's either because of childhood stuff or because of recent stuff or because of the way daniels does communication she has created her own little universe inside this marriage inside this house and does not want anybody coming in or out of those walls and that's the conversation that needs to happen yeah but it's not like I'm getting a divorce because of the baby steps. No. Um, you know, you're, if your marriage ends, it's because you refuse to work together on anything. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure baby steps isn't not the only thing. No. It's just the latest place that has shown up. Right. That, um, and, and Daniel, the way you are describing your wife is, um, you describe her, you describe your wife as belligerent um, and immature. And um, which tells me that there's a level of contempt for her. And uh, as uh, Les Parrott talks about in his marriage stuff, and he's quoting Gottman, the uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, it, one of the four things you cannot recover from in a relationship is contempt. Right. And, uh, you, you know, when your wife pops into your head, you kind of have an eye roll, mm-hmm. like you've lost all respect for her, the way you're describing her. And then you walk into the room and she feels that and mm-hmm. every defense mechanism she has spins up. And then you get in this weird dance where she's defending herself against you and you're defending yourself against her. Crazy cycle. Right. And that's like, I, I will often say somebody has to be the adult, stop the music, stop the dancing, turn the lights on and say, what are we doing? We are choosing misery at this point. Let's, mm-hmm. let's choose something different. Are you in? Right. Yeah. And uh, sometimes like, Man, I, I found myself like Daniel getting frustrated over time with the way my wife was responding to things until I realized, oh, she's responding to me. The way I talk, the way I communicate, the way I announce what we're going to do instead of sitting down and coming to the table. And I've also run across people who's um, get dragged around by their wives. and other. So, I mean, who knows what the actual root here is, but they need to sit down and be adults and say, what are we doing? Yeah. I think you're way overdue to sit with a marriage counselor. Yeah. Way overdue. And, um, you need to sit down with them. Um, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to venture and say, I'm, I, we don't know any details except what is said here, that this is a, uh, a young marriage, uh, with young people and, um, could be old people that are just doing dumb young things. But, um, but that, that's, uh, I, I'm going to put it on you, Daniel. You said, I've tried talking to her, but she always ends I think that tells me that you've tried talking at her. Right. Like a parent to a child. Yeah. Like this is what we need to do and we're going to sell your car. <laughs> here's yet another scheme I've got for us. Yeah. Here, here's something else. We're going we're gonna to do this. And instead of saying, all right, I'm worried. I'm scared about money and I'm scared about our relationship. If we don't get on the same page about what our dreams are and what our future is going to look like, if we don't start dreaming together again, and then discussing how to get there, 
this stuff around baby steps and budgeting and financial goals and all that has woken that up inside of me that I want us to have a shared vision, shared goals, shared fears, and we don't have that, and it's worrying me. What have we got to do to get that going? And that's a, that is an honest question coming from a coming from your need. And if that gets her angry, now you got real problems. Right. Right. But that probably is. I think the reason she's angry, she's tired of being talked at. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's something that different between I'm scared versus here's how you're you're going to budget. Those are two different conversations. Yeah. I'm putting you on a budget. That's, yeah, yeah. That'll fly. Those are. This should be filed under things to never say to your wife. Yeah, lead, lead, you lead weight balloons. Yeah, that's just not going. That one's not going anywhere. Nope. So, nope. yeah. So if if some simple things like that, Daniel, like reapproaching this and going, look, I'm sorry, I came at this wrong, but it's scaring me and it's a big deal to me that we learn to work together on this. And you getting mad and stomping off in the other room, I can't deal with it. It's freaking me out. And so what can we do to where we can sit down and talk about our future and how we can win together on life? And it does show up in our checkbook. Um, and if, if she says, screw you, then, you know, you may, you know, you, then you really have to sit down with the marriage counselor, but it may just be on how to end the marriage. Right. Cause it may admit that it already ended. Um, but that's the thing. So yeah, you, you're pretty much going it alone right now, son. So I think you got to make some moves to fix that one way or the other. Either you get her to the table or you get her to a marriage counseling table. Or if she won't go, you go without her. Go talk to the marriage counselor and let them t- teach you how to talk. Yeah, and and I w- before we move on from this, Dave, this, well, I think this is important to call out. He writes here at the end, at times it feels, it feels best if we parted ways. I always think about carrying a whole bunch of groceries up and I'm a guy that likes to carry all the groceries at the same, just make one trip and I've got 14 bags on one arm and something on my head and something on my other arms. And it, I always overload myself. It always gets too heavy and I always think I need to set all this stuff down. And if I just set the groceries down, it's going to feel, it's going to feel good for a minute. And then I'm going to have wasted all these groceries. We're going to have no food upstairs. I'm going to have two loud kids who are hollering at me. Sometimes what feels best right this second is not the solution long-term for your relationship. You got to take the hard path. You got to do hard stuff and sit down and have uncomfortable conversations if you're going to get to a place of peace on the other end. Craig Rochelle, Pastor Craig's new Mm -hmm. book, he talks about one of the things that causes people to have positive change in their life is when they choose the right hard. Mm. Yep. Or the hard right, the hard right, the hard thing that's the right thing. Yeah, choose the hard right, the thing, yeah. and, and um, choose the hard thing that's the right thing, and that's what you're talking about here. And it's choose to push through this, choose to get to the bottom of it, choose to own your part of it, and apologize repeatedly, and choose to move. Okay, wh- what is going to get us to the place we really want to be when we're 85 years old? Emily is with us. Emily is in. Illinois champagne to be precise. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi, how are you guys? We're great. We're right up against the clock. Go for it. Okay. I wrote this down to keep it quick. So I am a certified financial coach for a local credit union and my husband let his life insurance lapse. So it's been two months and it doesn't matter what I say. He won't get life insurance. How come a certified financial coach is not doing a budget with your husband where you knew that it wasn't being paid? So it comes out annually and this is our, we've only been married for nine months. So this is our first go around with Mm. that. And I was like, Hey, you need to check that. It hasn't come out of the account that was supposed to come out. Can you check that? 
and he was like no I think it's lumped in with yours and I'm like that's not how that works um, and this has been the last two months so why does he not want to take care of you with his life insurance I don't know well, I think that's the issue that's what I'd get to the bottom of yeah I think it, that conversation sits down and you look across the table from him and say I'm terrified and scared to death of what happens to me when you die will you yeah. please help me here yeah. that's what that's for take care of you it's not for him he doesn't need the life insurance you do if you're the beneficiary that is this is the ramsey show if you're a new listener and you want to get deeper into all this uh backstory stuff like baby steps and debt snowballs go to ramseysolutions.com click on the get started button it's completely free by the way And we'll help you figure out the best next step for your financial journey based on exactly where you are today. We will show you what to do next based on years and years and years of research and uh, experience with our customers and success. So get started. Click it at RamseySolutions.com. If you're brand new, we'll get you moving. Jeff's in Toledo. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave, thank you for taking my call, my friend. I uh, just want to tell you right up front that uh, um, your riveting message has meant a lot to my family over the years, and we did FPU about 14 years ago, changed my life, changed my family tree. I'm so honored. I thank you for that. Honored. Thank you. No problem. Um, my main question is, I think I did a little bit of a boo-boo, Dave, and I'm, I'm kind of retracting from it, and, and I, 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 I have a feeling that your answer is going to end up being not exactly what you want to say or what's best interest for me and my family. And here's why. So basically uh, my wife passed away about a year and a half ago of ovarian cancer. Oh my wonderful Christian woman. I'm sorry. Um, she was a warrior. She was, she was, she went through FPU with me many years ago. It wasn't necessarily her strength. I was the nerd in the family and, and uh, took care of the finances, but she, uh, while during this cancer journey says, I think we, I need to leave a legacy for our adult children, our upcoming adult children. And I said, well, how do you feel you want to do this? She said, I think we need to go to the title lawyer and include our kids in on the, on the, and do a quick claim deed and include them in on 25% of the equity in our home, which we have hundred percent equity on a home in Finley, Ohio. That's uh, worth right about between seven fifty and 800 K. So I really don't, uh, so what I did is I was in the midst of uh, really all hands on deck with her ovarian cancer journey, and it was very difficult, and I wasn't really in my right mind, and I signed it. And I think that um, releasing this money, because I'm actually getting married to a wonderful gal from Dallas, Texas, and she's incredible. We have a long-distance relationship. Long story short, I really feel that uh, I'm putting a house up on the market, and we've already got a couple potential buyers. Um, I know the children are, uh, my daughter's 18 senior in high school and my son is 21 down in, in Orlando. And, um, so basically what, ha- what's going to happen is when we sell this home, they're going to get to the tune of about 175 K to 200 K each. And I feel like it's going to be, it's not going to teach them the right things. Um, Yes. They, they each got early... 25%? Yes, I signed the quick claim deed. I thought you, you didn't, you didn't give... give them a quarter. 
You gave them a quarter each. A quarter each. So okay. if you sell it for eight hundred k, I got get you. Be two hundred grand. Yeah, I got you. Okay. All right. And um, so I, I feel like it's teaching them the wrong message, and if they get they're getting a windfall at a very young age. Now, granted, they have the right to do what they want with the money. And I wanted to get your opinion on: Is it is, is am I not a man of principle if I if I try to retract this and let get them signed back off of it before we sell this house, or is it a good idea to just follow through with my commitment that I made with my wife because she wanted to leave a legacy for our kids? Um. Trying to think what I would do. A good way to solve ethics questions is get on the other side and walk in the moccasins. Treat other people like you'd want to be treated kind of thing. And so um, I do not hear you wanting to take this money and buy your new wife a Mercedes. I hear you uh, worried about your kids being burdened with the weight of this. That's what I heard you say. And so you you are putting their best interest at heart. So that does not make you lacking in principle. It makes you quite the opposite. Um, what would I do if I were in your shoes? Uh, cause we do want to carry this equity into our, our home that we want to live. Uh, we want to live in Atlanta. Yeah, I, get married I, in Atlanta. I think what I would do for sure is, um, I, I would do a will immediately and, uh, and a prenup that protects their portion uh, were you to pass. Okay. And so, and then I would ask them to, I would ask them to deed it back to you. And then you say, I'm going to leave you all of the money from this house. If I die. And at a later point, um, you know, as you guys get a little bit older, I'm going to help you with some other things anyway, but you're going to end up getting this, all the money from the house, not just a fourth each. You're going to get a 50% each when I die. And, uh, because I'm going to protect that with a prenup and I'm going to protect that with a will. But my children are pretty bound and determined to get this money, Dave. Oh, well, that's, then they're that's not going to the sign the quick claim. If they don't want to sign the quick claim, they want to sign it. If they don't want to sign it. You can't make them sign it. Yeah. I, I'm worried well, about oh, the relational. I'm worried about the relational aspect. I think Dave's right. You know, put yourself in your kid's shoes to the best of your ability to you say, you've told them this, this was your, this was their mother's dying wish. You told them it was going to happen, and now you're changing your mind. And, and we're not questioning the principle of the change, but you have to put yourself in their shoes. And what is this going to do to your relationship? And I think you have to consider that because that, to me, is the bigger long-term issue. Yeah. You, yeah. you added, you added yes. color to this equation when you said they didn't want to do it. That was the first part, first time in the conversation we heard that part. So that does change yeah, tonight. Now, again, they're going based on, hey, this is our mother's wishes. This yeah. is what we sh- she Because really it was. Now, I was a little queasy. Well, I don't care. You it, did and it. And I wasn't in my right mind. Yeah, you did, did it. it. Um, I did and, it. And yeah, this now, would have been the good time for the nerd to say, no, thank you. That's a bad plan. Uh, they're going to get exactly it all when I die. They're going to get it all when I die anyway. And no, I'm not giving it, giving them a fourth of the quick claim. Sorry. You know, uh, that would have been the conversation at our house. But, you know, it's, uh, that's water under the bridge now. Now you got two kids that are expecting this and don't want to sign the quit claim. You are going to step in a relationship hole here, uh, and rightly so. But I don't think it's a matter of you're a man of principle. That's not the point. Uh, the, the point is more the relational thing that's going to get violated here 
And so I think I think they got the money, dude. I think you screwed up. The only thing yeah, you can do, only thing you can do, is try to influence them. I'm sorry. No, well, yeah, that, my title lawyer just told me the same thing. Well, there's no question the from a title standpoint, you can't yeah. do nothing. But I was early in the conversation. Right. I was under the impression you could get them to be willing to sign the title back over to you. And now you're saying well, they don't want to do that. Well, that's that you can't make them. Wrong, do it. Is it wrong for me to persuade them and get counsel to reverse that so that we don't? You know what a what a tangled web we could weave here. If you can persuade them without them thinking their dad's a dog, that's the issue. You got to be careful because they may think you talk about money here, and it. You said they think this was their mom's dying wish, and yeah. you know you're going to get. Now you're fighting with angels. Do you want your kids thinking that you're greedy? That's the risk. On no, this. absolutely not. And I, I will tell that, you. I will tell know, you. I think it, that's but the it risk. Is a little of the tail wagging the dog here. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I would probably do here is say, listen, if you all don't want me to handle this for you because it was your mother's dying wish, I understand that. I I really think it's unwise for you to get $200,000 at 18 years old. I'm your dad. I love you. And I think it's going to be a problem for you rather than a blessing. But I can't, I'm not going to go back on my word. If you choose to give me this quarterback, I will protect you on it. But if you don't want to do that, um, then I'm not going to, I'm not, certainly not going to force it. I, I am going to do my best as your dad to persuade you to do smart things and not let this be a problem for you. But, um, but yeah, it was, a, um, you know, it's horrible to say in this situation, but it's a really dumb idea. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, but you're stuck with it now. And, yeah, you can't force this. You can't go in before the judge and go, uh, Your Honor, we want you to reverse this because I really wasn't thinking clearly. That one won't work. (laughs) Right. The judge is going to go, whoops, sorry about that. Stupid text time. So, yeah, hopefully you can just persuade them uh, that their best interest is at heart. And if you can't, then persuade them to do something wise and let you help them help lead them through good decisions with the money. But I think the money's probably gone. That's what it sounds like to me. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Ken. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.